Design Pickle is a big supporter of everything on Seminary. If you haven't heard, they are a flat rate, unlimited use graphic design service helping churches across the nation. We're a proud client of theirs and love how they help us make social media graphics and those downloadable PDF article summaries that we've been sending out. Even if you have a designer, you need to check them out. To learn more, visit designpickle.com forward slash churches. On that same page, you can watch a totally free 30 minute video of me and the founder of Design Pickle talking about modern church marketing and of course pickles welcome to the unseminary podcast are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further faster have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world hey you're not alone join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary buckle up and let's get started with this week's unseminary podcast well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich, the host around these parts. So glad that you've decided to uh, spend some time with us today. Uh, I'm really glad that you would you take time out. I know you're super busy at your church. You've got a lot going on, and we're honored that you would put us in your eardrums today and listen in uh, and lean in. I think you're going to be encouraged, hopefully challenged, by today's conversation with Pastor Derwin Gray. You may have heard of Pastor Derwin. He's a fantastic leader, uh, leads at a church called Transformation Church. Uh, and you know, it's a great church, multi-ethnic, multi-generational mission-shaped community with two locations uh, just south of Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. Welcome to the show today, Pastor. Hey, thank you. I'm honored to uh, be on with you. Uh, I'm just so honored that you would uh, take some time out uh, to be with us. If uh, people were, wanted to know a little bit about Transformation, kind of tell us the story of your church, a relatively new church, uh, but give us a kind of a flavor of what's happening at Transformation these days. Yeah, so my wife and I both grew up unchurched. I'm from San Antonio, Texas. She's from Darby, Montana. I'm from the uh, urban context. She's from a rural context. We met at Brigham Young University my freshman year. So we had two non-Mormons, black kid, white kid at a Mormon school. We got married in college. And uh, my first year in the NFL is when I heard the gospel and all its pureness proclaimed. There was a woman at my wife's job uh, who communicated the gospel to her as well. So I played for the Indianapolis Colts mm -hmm. and I had a teammate who shared Christ with me mm -hmm. and on August 2nd 1997 is when I came to faith my wife mm -hmm. came to faith about six months before me mm -hmm. and then we moved to Charlotte so I could play for the Panthers played for the Panthers got invited to go speak at a youth event it went great started getting invitations to speak all over the country and my wife and I noticed something that disturbed us mm -hmm. we noticed that the secular world was more diverse and integrated than mm. Jesus's world. Mm. Meaning the church was the most segregated place we'd ever experienced. Mm -hmm. We remember being in a nightclub and you had every nation, tribe and tongue mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. in unity. And when, when we came to the church, it was like, you know, you, you had a few options. You could go to the white church or you could go to the black church mm. and not being a cr Christian very long. I looked in the Bible for white church or black church and <laughs> all I could find was the ecclesia. Mm -hmm. And according to the Apostle Paul, the ecclesia, the church that he built of people who were called out were Jewish people and Gentiles and Gentiles mm -hmm. was everybody else other than Jews. And I began to study the first century context of the Greco-Roman world. And I seen that the racism, the injustice was a hurricane of violence. And right in the center of that hurricane was Jesus's people called the church who were unifying former enemies and they became friends. So I began to ask pastors, if, if this is true about mm -hmm. the early church, why are we so segregated now? And so I, I got horrible answers and God said, don't criticize, create. So on February 7th, 
um, 2010, uh, my wife and I, along with a few other folks, planted Transformation Church. At our mm -hmm. opening service, 701 people came, mm. and uh, we've been growing incredibly fast um, ever since. We're about 3,000. We've got uh, four campuses, mm. uh, two of two of which are in prisons, mm. and, and so the giving is horrible, but the <laughs> riches are phenomenal. And, and, and so for us at Transformation Church, our metric is vastly different. And I don't mm. say that um, egotistical, mm -hmm. uh, but for us, our metrics are not just how many people are in the building, mm -hmm. but is are we embodying the gospel? meaning the rule and reign of Jesus through ethnic reconciliation, social economic justice. Jesus talked a lot about the poor mm -hmm. um, through discipleship. Like that's kind of a big one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, those are our metrics of success because, mm -hmm. you know, we've been in outreach. Okay. So mm -hmm. like we've done that. Our name is in a magazine. Okay, right. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. But, but here's what I want to know mm -hmm. is how different is our community? Mm. because Transformation Church exists. You know, mm -hmm. we've adopted four schools. Mm -hmm. uh, prisons are being transformed. Mm -hmm. uh, we've baptized nearly 400 people this year. We're going to have another baptism. So we don't think you have to separate or segregate, no pun intended, mm. um, fast church growth and biblical justice and reconciliation. Mm -hmm. What I like to say is we need more cross-eyed people, like the mm -hmm. cross vertical beam, mm -hmm. a horizontal beam. Vertical beam is connection to God. Yep. Horizontal is reconciliation. Enemies become friends. So our ethnic diversity and how we go about these challenges um, have actually become a witnessing or evangelistic tool, mm -hmm. particularly to millennials who, who go, yeah, all my friends are ethnically diverse, but then you force me to go to yeah, segregated church. church. That, yeah. that just doesn't make any sense. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think the way people describe transformation churches with one love, with, with one word, they say this place is loving, like you people mm. are loving. Mm -hmm. And so I'll take that any day over <laughs> cool, hip, all right, that kind right. of stuff. Yeah, no, I think there is a sense within um, kind of think the broader Christian community that the attractional church model that was a, really a lot of it was built on this homogeneous unit idea, right? That that get people who are similar um, and try to reach those folks. You know, the idea of, you know, you would set up kind of a, um, you know, a, a particular very narrowly targeted individual you're trying to reach. I think there's a, there is a, a sense that that um, has kind of, has kind of run its course. And part of what I love about what's happening at Transformation Church is you're asking a different question and you're saying, is there something beyond that? So to church leaders that are listening in today that are saying, yes, I, so I'm in a church that's, you know, they're saying maybe, uh, you know, our church isn't that, isn't that racially uh, diverse, but we want to be, we want to take steps in that direction. Um, what does that look like? How do you coach other, you know, church leaders to think about and take action on that? Yeah, the first thing that I do is is I tell them that it has to be more um, than a sociological uh, need that you want to fill, but it has to be a part of your theological conviction. Mm, oh, that's good. That um, this isn't something I want to do because of culture. This is something that I want to do because I believe it's the outflow of the gospel. Mm. The gospel is more than I get to go to heaven when I die. The gospel is a royal announcement mm -hmm. that through Jesus' life, death, resurrection, ascension, and sending of the Spirit, a church has been formed to be a foretaste of the kingdom to come. Mm. And this church is Jews and Gentiles who've been reconciled through the body of Christ that as Ephesians 2.14 says, there's a new 
humanity. And this humanity is a multi-ethnic humanity. And, and so that's the first thing that I would say is your theology mm -hmm. and put down these pop psychology culture books. Stop going to conferences for a while and just get along with the New Testament. Read Scott McKnight and N.T. Wright mm -hmm. and, and really understand the first century, second temple, Jewish, Greco-Roman world. And you'll see, oh my gosh, every one of Paul's letters dealt with how does Jesus become the super glue to make enemies friends so that they can image forth the glory of God. All mm -hmm. I'm, all's I'm trying to say is God made a covenant with Abraham mm -hmm. through you. All the families of the earth will be blessed. Jesus is the blessing. Jesus is the glue to create this family. Yes, globally we are a family, but locally he's calling us to that. Mm. Think about, about, about this. How, how sad is this? Local churches are 10% or 10 times more segregated than the schools they're near mm. and 20 times more segregated than the neighborhoods mm -hmm. they're near. Mm -hmm. So what does that tell you? It tells you that we as church leaders have built churches to fit consumers. Mm -hmm. And the Bible is not about consumers. It's about fully devoted followers of Christ mm -hmm. who put down their preferences and pick up their crosses because it's not about me. It's about the we mm -hmm. for the glory of God. Like we need a new narrative uh, uh I'm frustrated. <laughs> mm, no, I, I appreciate that, Duran. You know, I think I appreciate you pushing me. So even, you know, we benchmark against our, you know, what are the kind of um, statistics in New Jersey? And we're saying we want our church to kind of re reflect that. And we've made yeah. really good strides and things are, you know, actually, you know, pretty good on that. I feel pretty good, confident on that. But I think to appreciate the thing you're pushing on is ask a bigger question than just, what do the statistics say? What do the socio, you know, what does the sociology say about your uh, community? How how are you seeing churches? Um, you know how, how at transformation because you're swimming upstream on this issue. Your church is growing, and you're you know becoming and our multi and you know, multi ethnic multi racial um, community. How you know what are some of the um, things that you're doing to kind of see that take place yeah. to kind of ensure that takes place um, yeah. in your church. Yeah. So before I answer that question, yes. I want to ask you a question. Yeah, definitely. When you look at, say, professional sports mm -hmm. or even let's just use college basketball, mm -hmm. the majority of coaches in professional sports and let's just use football since I played in the mm -hmm. NFL. Mm -hmm. The majority of coaches are white. The majority of coaches in college basketball are white. Mm. How is it that their teams are diverse? Right. And so from my experience in the NFL, I've never seen a white coach go to a Hispanic basketball player, um, a Hispanic football player and go, you know, you're Hispanic, I'm white, so how do I coach you? Right. Or, you know, you know, a black coach say to a white guy, hey, look, you're a white guy from, uh, from Iowa, how right. do I coach you? Right. And here's why. In sports, you have a vision. Right that captivates everybody and motivates them to fulfill their role. Mm -hmm. Once you're captivated by a vision and once a role is clarified, mm -hmm. then you begin to come together. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't tell the coach, you know, coach, I don't like your plays. Mm -hmm. But when we come to church shopping, what do we say? Uh, what kind of music? I don't like the preacher. I don't like this. I don't like right. that. We become consumers. Mm -hmm. Whereas on a professional football team, if I told a, a coach, hey, I don't like your playbook, he'd go, okay, go find another job. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
How greater is the gospel narrative that the great commandment and the great commission? And by the way, the great commission, go make disciples of all ethnos, all ethnic groups, mm. not just across the sea, but across the street. Mm -hmm. It baffled me how my white friends would go on mission trips to Africa mm -hmm. to talk to black folks, but would not reach the lost black people across the street. Mm -hmm. Weird. <laughs> and as a non-Christian, I'm going, why do you make do sense. that? And they yeah, go, it doesn't make sense. But we've already done that. Or like, why do you go to Mexico to build houses for Mexicans and Mexicans in America build houses for Americans? Right. Right. Doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. And so we need the gospel to give us new lenses. And 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 so that's how I would answer your question mm -hmm. is let's look at the culture, right? And then secondly, I knew that for Transformation Church to be diverse, we needed mm -hmm. to follow the pattern in the book of Acts, Acts mm -hmm. chapter 6, Acts mm -hmm. chapter 13, mm -hmm. and you see an ethnically diverse leadership team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for leaders listening, your leadership team is not going to be diverse if you don't live a multi-ethnic lifestyle. Right. I can pick up the phone now and I can build a multi-ethnic team because I got friends who are Hispanic, whether mm -hmm. Puerto Rican or Guatemalan mm -hmm. or from mm -hmm. Spain. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got Asian friends, Chinese, Korean. Mm -hmm. I've got uh, Asian Indian friends. I've got white friends. I've got black mm -hmm. friends. Mm -hmm. I got even friends with mullets. <laughs> but that's a value to me because yes. all people are made in the image of God. And I find that my weaknesses are made into strengths in diversity. Now, how are you keeping this vision white hot at the church? So obviously a part of what I appreciate you're doing is let's let's ask a bigger question. Let's let's keep this in front of folks. What are you practically doing at Transformation to keep this in front of people? Obviously, you know, you're you know preaching on it. It's a part of what you, it's who you are, it's who you, you know, live. But how how else are you doing that? Yeah, so so um our vision is the great commandment, great commission. Derwin Gray does not have a vi vision, nor do I have a church. I'm not mm. starting a movement. Jesus already did that. Mm. So we just keep the great commandment before all of our folks. I mean, mm. Jesus says from the law to the prophets, this is what it's about. Mm. Loving God, love your neighbors, you lo lo love yourself. We call that upward, inward, outward. Mm. And so the outward piece is the great commission. Mm -hmm. And last we checked, my neighbors are going to be different ethnicities and different ages. So the mission of Jesus shapes how we go and love humanity. Mm. So our vision restores human beings to their original intent. So evangelism, worship, and mission are all in one at Transformation Church mm. because of the great commandment, great commission. So the way we say it is we're a multi-ethnic, multi-generational mission-shaped community that loves God completely, loves ourselves correctly, loves our neighbors compassionately. So it's this continuous uh, flywheel. So we preach it often. Mm -hmm. It's in everything that we do. Mm -hmm. It's the very air that we breathe. Mm -hmm. So from new members classes to newcomers to every sermon, at the end of every service for five years, mm -hmm. together in the congregation, and we, we, we use our hands and our words. We, we say upward mm. to love God completely, mm -hmm. inward to love ourselves correctly, outward to love our neighbors compassionately. I pointed mm. them, they pointed me. Then I say transformers, roll out. Mm. Because the Sunday morning gathering is just a huddle. Right. Life happens outside of the gathering. Mm -hmm. The huddle is equipping time. Mm -hmm. And I believe the same gospel that equips the believers, the same gospel that reaches the lost. Mm. So people say, are you seeker sensitive? I say, <laughs> we are God sensitive. When he is exalted, 
people will want him and those who have him will grow in him and want him more. All right, very good. Okay, I'm going to play the devil's advocate and I use that word, uh, you know, pointedly. That's uh, on, on purpose. Let's say there's a church leader that's listening in that's saying, listen, Derwin, okay, I understand this. What you're talking about, though, at the end of the day, I just want to preach the gospel. Why do I need to be involved? Why, why worry about this issue? Again, it's not me saying that. But yeah. I, there's, there are church leaders that think that. They're like, this is just, it's like the social justice crowd. Gosh, why am I worried about, uh, about that? Can I just get up and preach the word every week? Yeah, so the first thing is I would say is we've baptized almost 400 people this year. Praise God. Nearly 900 have come to faith. That's good. Um, we're growing like crazy. Mm -hmm. So what I would say is this, your gospel is too small. Mm. Um, if you think the gospel is believe in Jesus, you're forgiven, you go to heaven, you have a wrong understanding. So let's, let's start here with the word evangelon. Mm -hmm. The etymology of the word good news was mm -hmm. actually used first um, by world empires. And so in the first century Jewish context, when a new emperor like Nero mm -hmm. was put into place, Nero and his government would send out apostles or messengers mm -hmm. throughout the Roman Empire to herald good news, mm. gospel, and mm -hmm. it would go this way. Mm -hmm. Everyone listen, I have good news, I have gospel. Mm. There is a new king, his name is Nero. Bow your knee to him and confess him as Lord and you will have eternal prosperity and peace. Mm. Jesus's church said, no, 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 no. We have the true good news. There is a new king and his name is Jesus. And through his perfect life, mm -hmm. his death on the cross in our place, his resurrection from the dead and his ascension to the right hand of the father to be our high priest and mediator and through the sending of the spirit, our king is inviting people into his kingdom by grace mm -hmm. so that mm -hmm. they can display an image forth his glory throughout the world mm. and draw others into his kingdom. Mm. So, so what we have here is mm. we have people who are soteriologically driven. And most mm -hmm. of the time we don't even do a good job with that. We hardly ever talk about redemption and what it means. Mm. Justification, reconciliation, propitiation, expiation, mm -hmm. regeneration. Mm -hmm. But then we have ecclesiology. Individual salvation only exists so God the Father can have a family. Mm, amen. Individual salvation only exists so God the Father can give his son a bride. Mm. Individual salvation only exists so the Father's spirit can have a temple. Mm. Not made with brick or mortar, mm -hmm. but made out of human beings who are blood-bought. Mm. So you have a family, a bride, and a temple. Mm -hmm. And that family, that bride, that temple, is a multi-ethnic family who now has the vocation to image forth the glory of God. That's mm. a different story. Right. <laughs> it's 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 far more richer and more beautiful than, hey, uh, you know, if you were to die tonight, where would you go? <laughs> like, who, who who's who's gonna say I want to go to hell? Right. Exactly. It's like, let me pray this prayer. Whereas for a first century Jewish per per person, it was never about going to heaven when you die. It mm -hmm. was about the Messiah ruling and reigning and God's people ruling mm -hmm. and reigning. Mm -hmm. Yes, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, but there's going to be a new heavens and a new earth with resurrected bodies. And until that time comes, we, the church, 
are to be a foretaste, an appetizer mm. to that great banquet dinner we're going to have. Absolutely. Well, this has been this has been a great conversation today, Derwin. I really appreciate your, um, you know, you, you've obviously written a book on this, the High Definition Leader. Um, that I can you tell us a little bit about that? Be, just be, as we're kind of wrapping up the episode. Yeah. So the High Definition Leader, building multi ethnic churches in a multi ethnic mm. world, mm. was birthed out of crisis. As mm. I was getting phone calls, how do you do what, what you're doing? I know it's I know it's God's heart, but I don't know how. So I couldn't answer everybody's question. And I couldn't meet mm-hmm. with everybody. So mm-hmm. I wrote the book and mm-hmm. I, I wrote it in seven weeks in the midst of my doctrine, in the midst of a capital campaign, in the midst of moving our facilities to our new facilities. Now, God's grace carried me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this book is not just for leaders, mm-hmm. but if we as pastors can get this gospel ethos in us, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it could change so much. But but here's our problem, though, Rich, mm-hmm. uh, and I may get in trouble for this, <laughs> is our problem is this, is our evangelical subculture, books, conferences, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rewards a metric that isn't necessarily the best one, meaning mm-hmm. budgets, buildings, and butts. Mm-hmm. That's good. Like, I want a magazine to say, who are the top 100 most caring churches where pastors actually talk to people in their congregation (laughs) and give pastoral care? Right. Like, our metrics are easy. Mm. They're they're, um, superfluous. Mm. It's like, look, weeds grow fast. (laughs) So what I'm calling for is a new type of reformation. And I get it. We've grown fast. And I'm thankful for it, mm-hmm. but until there stops being rewards for an old narrative, mm. and you've heard this said be- be- before, what gets applauded gets done. Mm. It's true. And we and we need a new generation of leaders to say, "Hell no, right. I'm done. Can't take I'm it. I'm done with this." Mm-hmm. Because only so few can be the mega church guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Only so few. Mm-hmm. But all of us can be faithful to the gospel call to present our world with a Jesus who's not a self-help coach. Mm. Like Jesus is not at the high, he's not our high priest at the right hand of the Father to go, hey, how can I help you with your suburban life today? Right, right. You know, what What clever sermons can we develop on a topic? Right. You know, I, I think our Jesus is worth more than, than, than that. And, and mm. so I'm looking for the few that want to be a part of that. Um, I've got a round table that we're going to do mm. uh, April 12th through the 13th, where we get mm. about 20 leaders. We want it small, mm-hmm. where I bring them in for two days. We feed them, we love on them, we serve mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. and we teach them how to do a multi-ethnic church. And at the mm-hmm. end of it, I wash their feet. Mm. We we wash their feet to say, this is what a servant leader look, look looks like. Mm-hmm. And we're laying hands on you to bless you because we need a new kind of reformation. Well, Dern, I appreciate you being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with you or with the church, what's the best way they can do that? Transformationchurch.tc. Mm-hmm. Transformationchurch.tc. And or my Twitter at DerwinLGray.com. Uh, just at DerwinLGray. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on the show today. You've given us tons to think about, and I appreciate you taking time out to be with us. Thanks for having me, man. 
Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>